Today is Memorial Day. And today is a day when we uh, remember those who have paid that ultimate price for the freedoms that we enjoy. I hope that this will be a day that you will remember thankfully uh, those who you may have known, who may have been friends or family who uh, lost their life for this country. I hope that you'll also have a time that you can um, give God thanks and praise for the freedoms that we enjoy. Now, I'm not going to be able to be here at the end of the service because I have to go preach to a combined African uh, uh, congregation, which I'm looking forward to doing. But I want to call your attention to the way this service will end with America the Beautiful. I wished I could be here to hear it. And I'm going to encourage you not to rush out the door after the benediction because God bless America will be played by Imperial Brass and I know it will be fantastic. You know, I remember growing up that Memorial Day was very special in our little hometown church. In fact, it was one of the events that we all looked forward to because in my little hometown, that was the day that the Baptist Church and the Church of Christ Church and the Assemblies of God Church and the Methodist all had a combined worship service. Can you imagine that? We came together because uh, uh, we had a few things in common. Now, we might have questioned whether or not we were all going to heaven, but we didn't question the fact that we'd all end up in the Chandler Cemetery. And the Memorial Day was the day that we came together to worship and we had dinner on the grounds and then we had the cemetery meeting. Now the cemetery meeting wasn't all that exciting, but being together with all the kids you went to school with from the Baptist and the Assemblies of God and the Church of Christ Church and all coming together, you just wondered, why don't we do this more often? So Memorial Day is a special day for me in remembering how we celebrated it when I was growing up and then we'd put flags on those graves of those soldiers who had lost their lives in battle. You know, today it coincides with an event that we're having outside in our shepherd's garden. You know, one of the most sacred places that we have here is just through this beautiful stained glass wall in the garden that we call the shepherd's garden. And as you know, because we talk about it often, it is a walk through the I am sayings of John. We just preached on that. And it's also a walk through the 23rd Psalm. And one of the biggest surprises I think about the garden is that though we built it as a memorial garden, it is much more than a memorial garden. We just experienced the baptism of two um, children in the garden. They were baptized by immersion, but we can also sprinkle and we can also pour water, um, as is our belief and custom as United Methodists. At 2 o'clock today, we'll have a worship service there at one of the niches as we will in earn one of our former members who grew up in this church and his brother and sister were talking about how they used to run the halls at the old Lover's Lane Church. So we know when we go into the garden that we, we stand before this wonderful statue, this stone-sculpted statue of Jesus holding a lamb, and the I am saying is, I am the good shepherd. 
And then we walk just a few feet from there and we're standing looking over the Stillwater's pool and the, um, the, the lawn that we, we have there in the shape of an ichthus fish that we call the green pastor's lawn. And at our feet, you read the words, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. And then we continue around the corner. There's a gate and the gate there has the I am saying, I am the gate. And we know from um, a few weeks ago when we talked about those Judean hillside sheepfolds that were made out of stone that the shepherds would put together and they would leave a gap in the stone wall so that the sheep could come through. And guess where the shepherd slept? In the gap. So when we say, when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and I am the gate, it's saying one in the same thing. And we walk through um, that gate and we walk to the columbarium and there we read at the foot of the columbarium where we have 700 niches, we read the words, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And then to the pool where we just had the baptisms. And there's this wonderfully sculpted brass um, staff that has a, shepherd, that has a, a ram's horn and, and gold plate. And on that staff is ex, etched the Exodus story. And we remember how Moses struck the rock when he was taking matters into his own hands. And God provided the water out of the rock and the water serves as the waters of baptism here at Lover's Lane. And we have the caption over those waters, the words of the woman at the well when Jesus was conversing with her and he said to her, the water that I will give you will become in you a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. We're reminded right there that that's what that garden is all about. It's about a reminder to us, and especially on this day when we celebrate Memorial Day Sunday, it's a reminder to us of eternal life that is the ultimate promise of our Lord and Savior to all of us. And then we walk over to the women at the empty tomb that are, it's just right outside this window. And the women have that shocked look on their face as the tomb is empty and uh, the cloths are lying there still on uh, that stone slab. And we read the words from the I am saying of John, I am the resurrection and the life with that question, do you believe this? And they're standing at the table with the bread of life Loaf symbolizing Jesus as the bread of life. We read the final words of the 23rd Psalm. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Today when we gather at 2 o'clock for the memorial service... I will be reading a scripture passage that I've read many times at such services. It's one of my favorite Psalms, the 121st Psalm, and I want us to read it in just a moment. 
The psalm that we share is a psalm that identifies for us not just an experience that was experienced by the ancients, but an experience that each and every one of us have when we cast our eyes to the hills and we ask that question, that poignant question, from where does our help come? I'd like for you to turn in your pew Bibles or the Bible that you brought with you today to the 121st Psalm. And I'd like for us to stand for the reading of God's Word. I lift up my eyes to the hills from where will my help come. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I love this passage of scripture and I love what it stands for. And what it underscores in our faith. As we read the 121st Psalm, it seems evident that the psalmist knew that we don't have all the resources that we need, especially in those times of trouble, those times of our greatest need. He knew that we needed something beyond ourselves, some something or someone who could who could take care of the inabilities that we have and the inadequacies that we have and to help us in times of need. I will lift my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? Now, I want us to recognize um, that in our common day day vernacular, we... We, we talk about hills being challenges, right? Every, every cyclist, every uh, marathoner will know that it's the hills that are your challenges in the midst of the race. And we recognize that we face hills in our own lives, don't we? And so did the psalmist. I cast my eyes to the hills. I look at these things that I face in my life that just seem like not hills but mountains. And then the question comes, where can I find help? Where can I find help in the midst of my greatest obstacles, my greatest concerns, my greatest fears, my greatest challenges? What are your hills today? What are the hills that you're looking at today and facing in your own life? You know, when I was a, a boy, I, I remember two hills that I were, was quite familiar with. I would ride my bike to school five miles in the snow. Oh, it was a half a mile. And it hardly ever snowed. And if it did, we canceled class. But I had a huffy bicycle with a banana seat. Did anybody have one of those? Woo! And um, I would have to push my bike through a little stretch of woods before I would get on to Hardy Street. Now, Hardy Street was named after Mr. Hardy because he developed the property along the street. And Hardy Street had two hills. 
a small hill and then a hill that was fairly large and created an incline that was uh, quite a difficult track for a kid on a huffy bicycle with a banana seat. But I'd make that trip often, not just to school, but most importantly, especially in the summer, to the baseball field that was just behind the school. And, and, and oftentimes we had ball games at night or there was something going on at the ball field at night. And I would ride my bicycle. Sometimes it'd be light when I left, but dark when I'd come home. And I remembered though the, 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 the journey was a, a tough journey going up those two hills on the way to the school of the ball field. It was a pretty easy journey home because you can just see me on my huffy bicycle with my banana seat flying down those hills heading home. But that smaller hill was the biggest challenge. We called it Finley Hill because that's where Danny Finley lived. And Danny Finley had a black German shepherd dog named Bear. And Bear's favorite entertainment was chasing little boys on bicycles as they rode down Finley Hill. And I think he could, he had ultrasonic hearing he could hear you coming from miles away and he would sit there by the road just waiting on you and when the bike came by bear would take off and he'd bite at your tires and some of the neighborhood kids said and every once in a while he'd get you in the calf i never had that experience but i do remember many nights coming home from the ball field stopping in front of the pollard's house which was about a hundred yards from Finley Hill and offering up a little prayer. God, don't let bear get me tonight. And then I would start peddling and peddling until I got to Finley Hill and then down Finley Hill and here'd come bear and he'd have, he had yellow eyes that glowed in the dark and he'd chase me and buy it all the way until finally I I got past Bear and my prayers, my prayers were answered. You know, that's a, a story I remember from my childhood. But it's a story that in uh, adulthood we can relate to. Because oftentimes we find ourselves facing a hill that we don't know how on earth we're going to make it through. And, and oftentimes we people of faith will come to that realization that we are not alone and that we can pray about this measure and all measures that have us in a place of need confronting the hill. And God hears our prayers and responds. We are all on a journey that, that has hills and some of those hills are not familiar to us because we've never faced them before. And this journey isn't down the same street like Hardy Street was once upon a time. This journey is a journey through life. And the hills that we face sometimes seem insurmountable. And I know you can think of the hills that you faced in the past 
that had you at that point of wondering if you were going to be able to conquer the hill. Now this morning I ask you, have you come to that point in your life when you recognize that there are some aspects of life, some hills that we face that we just can't face by ourselves, that they are beyond our ability, they're beyond our means. They're bigger than we are. And we come to the psalmist's realization, I cast my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? And then the answer, it comes from the Lord. And sometimes the Lord sends us in the midst of these challenging times to persons of faith whom we know we can talk to, who may have the ability to help us through whatever we're facing. And sometimes the hills, we know we are facing them alone, that nobody can really help ultimately. And yet God is the one who always comes to our aid. Whether it is through his spirit in the person of another, or whether it is in a way that is beyond our understanding when God comes to us in the midst of a difficult diagnosis, when we don't know where to turn, when, when we trust the doctors and we trust the medicine just so much, but, but our help is in the name of the Lord. When a relationship is on the rocks and you've done all that you know what to do and how to do and, and, and you know that it's just a situation that you can't make it through without turning it over. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Now this morning, I want to um, give you a little acrostic that I've tied to the word face. F-A-C-E. I want to say that the psalmist is giving us uh, information that we need to unpack just a bit. What does it mean to find our help in the name of the Lord? I think that it first means that we have to face those challenges head on and name them. When we confront hills in our lives, the elf is for face. We have to face them head on. We have to name them. We have to identify them in such a way that we know, we know where we're heading in the midst of this challenge. We may know not, not know all of the details around it or surrounding it, but we have faced it. And named it. And then we proceed. The A is for ask. We ask like the psalmist asked. Where does my help really come from? And just as the psalmist probably did. This is a contemplative question that we ask. Where does our help really come from? Does my help come from me? Am I able to handle this situation on my own? Is there someone else whom God is sending my way who can help me with it? Where, where does my help come from? And, and then I think we get to the sea that I'm going to call confess. We confess as people of faith just as the psalmist did. We confess with confidence that my help comes from the Lord. 
And we're clear about this in our belief. Because we know that God so loves to accompany us in the midst of whatever hill we might face. That our God so loves to accompany us in whatever joys and celebrations we may experience. That our God wants to be involved in our lives to participate and to be present. And finally, the E. Expect. Expect God to come right out of the hills and to give us the kind of assistance and help that is so needed. You know, the odd thing about our faith is that this 121st Psalm is so central to who we are and what our faith faith is about. Our faith is a faith that centers on a cross that ultimately stands for the death of our Savior. And yet the cross is empty because we know in the midst of the worst of times on the cross, there was a resurrection and new life. And how many of us can testify to the biggest hills we've ever faced turning into a blessing because of what God shows us in the midst of the challenge. There is something central about that experience that is so cross and resurrection for all of us. Therefore, we look at the hills that we face, the challenges that we confront, and we expect that God is going to give us a blessing that otherwise we will, would have never experienced. I know that we in our heart of hearts know this to be true. But it is so difficult to accept the truth when we're in the midst of the struggles. I want to give you a word of hope this morning. On this Memorial Day Sunday. On this day when we remember all of the things that we have to be thankful for related to our freedoms and we honor those who have made the ultimate sacrifice so that we can have them. That our Lord made the ultimate sacrifice so that we can know in the midst of whatever hill or whatever death or whatever loss, our help is in the name of the Lord. I will lift up my eyes to the hills, to the challenges, to the heartbreaks, to the painful prognosis. Where will my help come from? My help is in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen.